Welcome to But Why Though the podcast, a periodic discussions with guests from around the But Why Though community, brought together under one roof to discuss the latest happenings in nerd pop culture community. My name is Aaron, and today I am joined by Nisha, Kate, and Matt. Say hi, everyone. Hey, sorry, I was excited. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we're back. Yes, yes, we're good. We are back. We are back, and we're excited to dive into all the exciting topics since we last got together. Uh, so let's get into it. First thing, a Stranger Things Part Two trailer dropped this week. Guys, did you get to see it? I'm gonna leave I that did. to you two because I dipped out at season three. <laughs> like, yeah, like I watched. Really? So, so I'm I, gonna I have. I have to ask, what made you dip? I don't like those children. I liked the children for the first two seasons and then I watched the first two episodes of season three and I was like I don't like them well I hate Mike I'm very I was waiting for that one Aaron knows I hate Mike with a passion it's just I can't even stand it I mean I shouldn't talk about a child this way but I'm like I just hate his stupid face the character (laughs) not the actor It's different. When he's offset, it's a completely it's different. different. He's in character. When he's in character, I don't even know which one that is. I don't remember who (sighs) Mike was. I don't remember any of them other than Eleven and Steve. Was Steve Steve the 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 dad? He's not a a dad. He's like the teen that yeah. The baby. I like Steve. And I liked uh Samwise Gamgee, who they killed off and made me mad. And then I liked uh uh-huh. hellboy guy but i david harbour i david did not harbour. care yeah. about those children i uh, did it. it was frustrating so oh, dusty fun's the best <laughs> i love dustin yeah so my hot take is i've never watched stranger things and people kept telling me to watch it and they're like it's like the goonies and i was like and i hate the goonies <laughs> and so it was the easiest i think, it, I think of, it's like, because season three they're this. in that like puberty stage where they're like they're becoming full humans and they've lost yeah in season four they're it's almost their 30s. like it's almost like yeah and that's just an tweens, annoying like time period like tweens, no pre-teens. i mean i wouldn't talk i wouldn't have a conversation with 12 13 no, year old i and i think yeah. that says a lot god no i would totally <laughs> would my 12 and 13 year age would probably been great no <laughs> <laughs> But as for the trailer, I, I'm excited to see it. I know, like, Aaron, you told me when we did the YouTube video that we're, there's only two episodes. And I was like, oh, I thought we were going to get more. But <laughs> I'm, I'm excited about it just because lengthwise, at least they'll be, like, you know, pretty hefty. Yeah, yeah. So that's a good point. Episode eight is an hour and 20 minutes. And episode now nine is two hours and 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Levy actually made a comment um, that that episode is longer than the last two movies he's done with uh, Ryan Reynolds. Wow. Yeah. Which and I guess was like... Free Guy and the Adam Project. Oh, okay. Yeah, Both I mean... Wonderful movies. <laughs> yes. Those are. Um, now, from like my impressions from the trailer, I would say like the way it's like paced and everything, it has me thinking like, was this the final season? But then it's like, it's not though. Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because the way they, they as it's set up for some sort of kind of big finale esque, like it's going to be a series finale, but they've still got season five to come, which is going to be that final season as well. And mm-hmm. based on what the Duffer Brothers have said, it looks like there's potential spin offs in the work as well, which would be interesting to see kind of where that all leads as well. So we that is coming. Though. Yeah, it's 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 interesting, but that will be coming July first, so we don't really have that long to wait. About a you know, little over a week. So, uh, also this week it was announced there is going to be a Jon Snow spinoff. Uh, also in connection, there is going to be House of the Dragon that is coming August twenty first to HBO Max. Now I know Game of Thrones has a weird reaction based on if you liked the last season or didn't but how do you feel about more game of thrones coming back kate you're excited so i don't care about john Snow, but i'm really excited for house of the dragon because we're getting more of like the stuff that i wanted like you're getting more of the high fantasy aspects versus like the war of the roses don't care about that i want the dragons i, would I like want to like, see the dragons. i want that stuff <laughs> yes um and i guess like 
yeah, the last season sucked, but I am not going to literally throw out seven seasons of content for like three episodes. Like it kept me happy for a very long time. So I am I'm excited for more of the world. Um, I just don't care about Jon Snow. <laughs> I, I never have. He's boring. He's hot, but he's boring. Yeah, it, so, it's and- interesting to see. I, I don't know if they're trying to come back with Jon Snow and say, hey, give us a mulligan. We think we can do a bit more with this and maybe try and save it, almost like they did with, um, oh, what was that show on uh, Showtime with the serial killer that they did a seventy? Yes, Dexter, thank you. Yeah, yeah they... They came back and they they tried to kind of redo it. And I, I, I'm not a fan of the show. I don't know if it actually did any better, but that was one of those examples where they're like, great show, terrible, like final season. So it's it's curious to see if that's where they're heading then with this Jon Snow aspect of a book. Because it just kind of felt like, okay, watch the ending. It's done. Let's move into House of the Dragon in a different period. That made me happy. I'm, I'm kind of the same boat as you, Kate. Yeah, I would say I'm in the same boat, too, because I'm like, I really don't care. I don't think anyone can pay me to care about Jon Snow that much, but to, enough to watch another series of him. But I like dragons, and I like high fantasy, so I'm here for the dragons. That's, that's literally how I feel. Plus, new people, yes. Yeah. yeah. I've had enough of the Starks. Yeah, well, and that's, this seems to be way more focused on the Targaryens and we really haven't seen a whole lot of the Targaryen this is like the peak yeah. of the dynasty and I'm like okay yeah I'm in for that let's let's see where that goes mm-hmm. so yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see but I've, I'd be surprised the reaction online to how many people like nah final season was bad I'm just done with Game of Thrones and they've just washed gonna be everybody there's a whole world that can be explored I think like I'm done with Jon Snow in them but I'm open to like new stories or like going, like like Kate said, like we can see the Targaryen dynasty. Like that's interesting to me. I mean, I know we know how it ends, unfortunately, but. It's like rings of power for me. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you're done with one story, but I love the world that was created enough that I want to go more into it. And I think specifically for Game of Thrones, the older part of everything really seems where all the interesting things happen. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just, like, essentially medieval times being medieval times, which is what we got. For medieval times with throw. incest. <laughs> That's so medieval, medieval times. times. I know. Yeah. No, but I was thinking of it's medieval times, the restaurant. <laughs> what? I'm kidding. That's what the joke I was making. <laughs> Nisha's not allowed back on. <laughs> oh, darn. Not medieval times, but incest. <laughs> Oh no! I don't know if we can recover from that one. Okay, let's go to the All next right, thing. Next um, thing. Next thing. That's how we recover. We <laughs> pretend it didn't happen. Um, recently released was a teaser trailer of Anna de Armas as Marilyn Monroe in the movie Blonde, which is coming to Netflix September twenty third. Did you guys see the trailer? I did, and all I want to say is Anna de Armas wants to go win an Oscar by playing a dead person. That's what people do. Yes. Yes. But she looks exactly like her and it makes me very happy. I want Anna the Atomus to win an Oscar, mainly because Latinas have not won that award for lead. I think we're still at zero. We're either at zero or one. Also, she just she's so pretty. Like she looks like Marilyn. Um, and like I'm iffy on dead people movies, but like I'll watch it. Um, I think I think I had to end up fighting CJ to review it though, because he like really loves Anna Dadmus. So she's been she's been good in what I've seen her. I've really enjoyed that. Yeah. Oh, she's been great. But the funny the funny thing is is Netflix is gonna try to like they're like, okay, we figured out the Oscar formula. We're gonna get one now. Yeah. It's formulaic. We've got it sorted. Our scientists have worked on it. I mean, they're not wrong. If you look if you look at like best actor and actresses for the last few years. And even have someone play a dead yeah. person. Not you're at least getting nominated. Let's not act. Let's not act like Tom Hanks is not in the movie about Elvis. Yeah, hey, she can be the actress, and he can be the actor. That's what we got. Yeah, I'm just like I will say for this for Blonde. I'm probably well. I wasn't going to go see Elvis in the first place, but I'm more excited about Blonde than Elvis. 
Yeah, so, I'm, yeah, I'm, you're I'm right. Just, I'm, I'm just ready for more streaming services to get recognized mm-hmm. in award shows. So I, you know, and we can watch Blonde at home. So if it sucks, you can at least watch her be pretty and then turn it off. And you lost nothing of value. Amen. <laughs> I mean, didn't spend 10 on popcorn. I'm down. Speaking of very pretty people, there was also a couple of images released in the last week from the Barbie movie with Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. And Kate is just doing a dance. No one can see it, but she's doing an awesome dance. My entire office is pink. (laughs) I like Barbie. I have always liked Barbie. Even when I was a tomboy, I loved Barbie. Um, I think Greta Gerwig makes boring white lady movies and is a boring white lady herself. However, I feel like that type of energy will tap into something in Barbie. and bring it to greatness um it's either going to be chaotically good or chaotically bad and i'm here for both of it because i got to see ryan gosling as cowboy ken and it's kind of all i care about it's great like is the world on fire yes but i got ryan gosling cowboy ken so like i'm just gonna vibe out to that while the empire crashes around us it's okay (laughs) i just can't can't, i'm still shocked at how they've got ryan gosling looking like he is literally a plastic doll come to life it's pretty perfect to be fair mm-hmm. i don't I mean, mind a, pink, but it is so much pink i feel like i'm gonna need to like wear sunglasses to watch this movie yes just mm-hmm. take some yes. tylenol with her in case it gets too like visually stimulating <laughs> like just yeah no i'm i'm in the same i i i'm kind of curious by this movie now it's just one of those I hope it's kind of like it realizes what it is and it just leans in heavy to it and just goes full like what what was that um oh the the song from the 90s is it aqua so that is not a whole so sadly they they can't can't use use it oh that's been dope that was the that was a legal whatever yeah it's the movie's gonna be chaotic i have no idea if it's gonna be good People are just going to, it's going to be defining Halloween costume probably for the next like 10 years. Oh, yeah. Well, and so the yeah. other thing they're doing with the movie, which was released, so it has already been screened at, what's that pretentious French oh, film? Cannes? Cannes, Cannes yes. Cannes. Cannes. Yeah, Cannes. <laughs> uh, so it was screened there. <laughs> and we found out that there are multiple people playing Barbie and multiple Kens. Mm-hmm. So it's like you have uh you have X Barbie, X Barbie, X Barbie, X Ken, X Ken, X Ken. Um, so that would be really interesting, which I'm really excited for that type of chaos. What what were our thoughts about Margot Robbie playing Barbie? I love it and I'm here for it. <laughs> I just love her in a lot of things. So I'm just like, I kind of want to see her. Like we've seen her as, as Harley Quinn, like in the Birds of Prey movie. And like, for me, that's one of my favorite movies that she's in. I kind of just want to see what she's going to be like as Barbie. But I like Margot Robbie and things. I will say with Margot Robbie, I was like, oh, you know, this looks perfect. We're going to get the, you know, her, because we Harley, chaotic Barbie, whatever else. And she looked great. But I'm kind of just in the thing of like, wow, you look great. But like, Somehow Ryan Gosling still ended up looking 10 times more like, what the hell is going on in this movie? Intriguing here. Like plastic doll versus Margaret. So this is what I'm worried about because Greta Gerwig is very basic Mm -hmm. and I don't care on who on film Twitter refuses to accept that, but it's true. Um, And I wonder if because she is just like basic white woman movie, like we're going to get like, she'll go all out with the Kens and then the Barbies are just like, 1950s Barbie, prim and proper, just fine. But like the Kens are outrageous, which like, yeah, I am curious. Margot Robbie's good though. I personally have not been a huge Margot Robbie fan, but then I see her in a movie and she kills it. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I like you. That's right. fine. You're good. Oh, so I forgot Issa Rae is in this too, as one of the Barbies. Yes. Really? She's so a Barbie. I'm really hoping like, okay, I hope, I hope we're wrong and it's not going to be basic, <laughs> but I'm like, Issa's yeah. funny if they let her be funny. Like, but again, what is the writing on this? Probably gonna be like, what, PG, PG-13? Who knows? Uh, I, yeah, I imagine it's probably something yeah. like that. I think that the movie's not set to come up till 2023, so I don't know when they have to have all that submitted as well. Yeah. So far, the people they have as the cast is pretty interesting. 
Okay, I did not realize that America Ferreira is a Barbie, and I'm very excited she for is. it now. <laughs> yeah, so it looks like it'll be Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling, America Ferreira, Simu Liu, Emma Mackey, and uh, Nukti Gatwa as the cast. Oh, Will Ferrell's in this too. Not surprising at all. I'm going to turn it over to Matt because he's wonderful and he has a fantastic topic for us for this episode. So Matt, all you, buddy. This is kind of like a topic that one, all of us have talked about multiple times over the past like year plus at this point. And then I know with Obi-Wan coming out and then coming some of the Star Wars stuff and celebration and where they've gone with some of their shows, particularly Boba Fett as well. We've been kind of running into this like conversation of the humanization of characters and then they kind of like the quote unquote I guess, badass character. I don't really know what term we want to use per se, but that's just kind of how we're describing this of like, you know, as we kind of look into like, what are we, and so we kind of want to talk about like, what are we doing with some of these new shows, especially if we're now getting like character-based, I guess, character-based shows and what we're showing. And like, do you think, I guess, we're balancing this well? Have these been done? Like, what do we like? Because it is just something we've seen looking at some of the character development that we're starting to get. And so I kind of want to discuss, like, what pe- how people are feeling, I guess. And, like, like, what have you seen from, I guess, the last time? I know the big one, like, earlier this month, basically, the Boba Fett actor came out and said he wanted to bring back the Star Wars bounty hunter back to his old badass ways, as he said. Which, obviously, you can argue whether Boba Fett was ever quote-unquote important in this original trilogy he had a badass look right and so that's the thing well he did and but i guess the point of the main thing too is like he had a badass look but didn't do anything but then he dedicated an entire show to him and then kind of like we talked about a lot of this in moon Knight and some of the big draw that kate and i and even aaron and i talked about is I'm not gonna lie some of the stuff been kind of boring and when are we gonna get around to doing anything else i think for me like one of the first things that i think about is I fell in love with silent protagonists or like not real, like mysterious protagonists. The first time I saw an Akira Kurosawa film, samurai films are essentially the blueprint for a lot of Westerns and they share a lot of pieces. One of that is just having your silent hero. And when I say silent, it doesn't mean they don't talk the entire time. It means that you don't know a lot about them. What you learn about them is seeing them interact with other people, seeing the choices that they make and seeing the change that they're doing with their actions. Current iterations of that, you can look at something like John Wick. Keanu Reeves says like maybe five minutes of dialogue in those whole films, but you understand the character arc that his character is going through and he does badass things. And so I think for me, we've kind of hit this thing where like people want an explanation for the badassery instead of just kind of letting it happen. And I think that it's leading to a lot of over-explaining instead of just letting characters be. And I know that like some women in Star Wars were talking about it like, oh, well, you just want things to be toxically masculine. I was like, no, I will also take a silent badass female protagonist. (laughs) Like you can just have characters come in and they don't have to have like 10 pages of backstory. Like you can just come into them at a very particular point in their life and you can see them move forward. It, I guess for another example, actually from video games for me is it's Tomb Raider. I hated what they did. Like now we have to explain how Laura Croft, Laura Croft got here. And for me, I just like that she was a badass and I got to play her being that way. And so I think when we push for more explanations and more nuances and I want them to tell me all of their problems I'm like or you could just watch it like you could just watch it happen like you learn about John Wick's past not by them telling us specifically but by watching how terrified everybody is of him the myth of what he's done exactly Mm -hmm. and I think that like there is a space for mythic heroes and I say that and it doesn't have to be gendered one way or another, but like there's a space for mythic heroes that don't necessarily have a robust story other than the impact they have in one place at a particular time. I'll add to that and saying it's not just the heroes from, from me personally, I think it's the villains as well. Like, I think we've kind of gone lent that way into the the, the villains. And I, I know this is going to be maybe somewhat dubious, not to the people probably here, but outside as far as Joker. I just don't, think that film was ever warranted i i didn't need it like joker is just terrifying because he is a sociopath like 
there's no explanation. I don't want him humanized. I don't want to sympathize with him or like, you know, I, Matt and I have had this conversation offline. Like, not every villain can be a Magneto where it's got this kind of level of character depth. Like, there's just some terrifying badass villains. And again, the same with the heroes. My example is always um, from the movie uh, Warriors with uh, the lead character called Swan. And he barely says a thing, but he just kicks ass and he's a badass. And that's, it's awesome. Like, it, it's fantastic. And but his actions in that kind of like methodology of what um you know some of the others uh, that Kate has mentioned they, they show their actions they kind of just dive in and, and they do it and you don't need that extra depth and exposition to be able to understand them so yeah. I don't know I sometimes feel we're beaten, being beaten over the head with it a bit so yeah I agree especially when it comes to villains because I'm just like I don't think we need an explanation of why this villain wants to destroy the world I don't like as me and Kate read My Hero Academia I honestly I mean it's nice to know where Shigaraki came from and his origin it is nice and it's very impactful and that's like I think that's great character development but at the same time like y'all couldn't y'all didn't have to tell me nothing about that man's past and I would still accept that he's a terrifying murderer well and that's the thing that Horikoshi does in My Hero with Shigaraki specifically. Mm -hmm. He sets him up to have this like redemptive, not redemptive, but like, oh, you understand why he's this way. And then he throws yep. it all out and he's just like, nah, man's just man's crazy. crazy. Like, here's all the stuff he went through. That means nothing because he still chose to kill his father somehow. Mm -hmm. It Like, he is just crazy. And I, I yeah. yeah. It's like, and there's <laughs> other examples like where I've tried to like, I won't babble about One Piece too much, but like there's a character, Shanks, that kind of fits Kate's description of like, yes, the strong, silent type. Shanks probably has said less than any of the other characters in One Piece. However, he is very, very important to the story. And it's the fact that Pete, like this lot, he had, like he does talk and he does like actually like contribute to the story and he has a, he has a pivotal role in the series. But it's the fact that like people know not to fight this man. He literally showed up yeah. at a fight that Luffy was distraught at, Luffy's brother is dead at, and the army's about to try to take over, not the army, the Navy's about to take over, and the Navy, and the Shanks walks up, and he's just like, we can do this today if you want to, but we don't have to, but we have never seen Shanks fought, like, seriously yeah. fight, we've never, we haven't gotten snippets of his backstory, and it's like, okay, so Shanks is going to be like the final boss Luffy fights out of, like, you know, they're going to have a fight of honor amongst pirates, like, but the point is, like, I don't know much about Shanks' history, but you know not to mess with him. Right, and I guess for me, because obviously One Piece is super long, I mean, I guess mm -hmm. for you all looking at some of this stuff, and I think the biggest, like, the biggest suffer for me, honestly, has been the Disney Plus shows, because I feel like, one, they're very concise, they're six, they're only been six hours, like 30 to 45 minutes, whatever, and I think of Moon Knight, we're all super excited, and like, I'm not gonna lie, like, we spent the, like, 80% of that show just trying to explain, like, just what, yeah. what he is or what he went through or something else. And I was like, is he ever going to do like superhero stuff? Yeah. And obviously you can say, well, that's yeah. part of creation, but I'm also like, at some point we are talking about superheroes or action or something of more of like doing something more than just expedition. And I do think yeah. like, I guess for you all outside of that, I mean, do you think we just need longer, like maybe some of the more serious, like some maybe more, just more longer series? So, do you think it's just kind of the writing is bad? I do think we've gotten some bad writing in a lot yeah. of places, but it's I, kind of the length. I think, I think particularly in Moon Knight, like I love what they did with him as a character um, in that I like that it went into his backstory in a way that kind of explained how he got where he was. But the problem for me I don't even think a full series like a longer series or longer episodes would fix it because I think my issue is when you adapt something that is meant to be action heavy if you cannot tell your story through action it's going to be split in two mm -hmm. um or it's going to be they're going to be completely separate parts and I think that there is something that particularly western media whether and and I know that the director on on Moon Knight is Egyptian but the writers on there are American um, as well. Like the writers that are credited with, with uh, I think the back half of the episodes and they also directed. I think there is a Western idea of action in that you have to explain everything and then you have a fight 
versus if you look at the way especially, especially Asian cinema runs their action films, you can get the tortured person, the person with mental issues, the person with this exacerbated trauma, but you can tell that whilst through fighting. You can tell that through action set pieces. And I think that Americans don't view action sequences as acting. And so whenever we see media that is produced for American audiences, well, you have to section off the talk about mental health here, and you have to section off the action scene here, and then you have to section off the superhero thing here. Instead of just saying, no, this is all one story, it should be cohesive throughout. And I think one of the best examples of that, that that people listening to this can go watch is The Night Comes For Us on Netflix. That is an Indonesian film that is telling an, a story of extreme violence, extreme trauma, and it has a bleak ending, but you feel every bit of emotion as you're going through it while you still have long one cut sequences of action pieces. And that for me is it's the blending, it's the choppiness mm -hmm. of it. And I don't even think giving Moon Knight three more episodes would have necessarily fixed the issue that you're talking about because it still would have been separate. Yeah. And I think that that is the issue. It's like they want to put yeah. things into neat little boxes and that yeah. is see, it. I, I, um, and I liked yeah, Night. Yeah, same. Right. I, see, and I think of uh, Nobody, which I know yeah. Nobody's perfect because those fights carry such an emotive weight. Like the bus scene where he just snaps, but it's connected mm -hmm. in that through line. Oh, it's perfect and it's so good. Well, the scene with his, with his, with his yeah. family, like you get to learn their whole family dynamic as they're killing Russians. <laughs> like it's so good. It's just so good. Yeah. And another thing that comes to mind is like comparing, like looking at another Disney plus Marvel series. I think of like Daredevil. I think that's a great example of like how you we learn about the character. We don't yes. separate much. And it's like there's bits and pieces chopped in. And I guess like yep. for me, Moon Knight, and I really liked it. My problem is like, I don't know if it suffers from the, well, it suffers from a lot of different things, but it suffers from pacing and the writing to me because like, they're so focused on trying to keep up the mystery of Mark Spector and yeah. everything else going on around him that I'm like, it just would have been cool. And like, would have been just as well for us to be able to get to know the character by just putting in flashes of memories while things are going on and like maybe inserting that stuff because you put off the whole mental health part. Like it just feels so, yeah dissected out of his identity then i feel like yeah. that's what make, then we have to then we go through it for like a, a mini arc in the series well and, and it's funny because i would say boba fett as a show was even worse yes which like, is kind of how we got here so, so <laughs> yeah. yeah because like the whole this whole article you know that was was posted you know is it return to badass ways but it never even really delivered like he never really yeah. got the space or the time to be able to do that, especially when two of the episodes were dedicated to an entirely different show, like with the Mandalorian. So like you're taking two of the six completely away and then it's four episodes. And again, the finale was more of a culmination of people fighting a big fight scene. So it, it, and I, I think, I think honestly, the only like Disney controlled Marvel series that worked for me was Loki and it wasn't even necessarily the Loki of it all it was everything around yes. Loki and how he played into everything else but Tanisha's point um I think that like Daredevil Marvel like Marvel like Daredevil as a series I'm very happy Netflix did it was a perfect way of saying we are going to show you how absolutely traumatic Matt Murdock's yep. life is <laughs> continually we're gonna talk about catholicism and drug abuse and anger problems <laughs> and you know crime and we're going to do it while having this man who is in a situation where he can fight fight and fight his way through some of these problems and realize like that for me is the beauty i think the punisher does yep. it the same way where you're seeing all of the stuff that frank castle is going through but you're still getting it interwoven into the action pieces um jessica joan was less action heavy but like the mat like the magic superpower pieces of it was very much at the center of how it was handling ptsd mm -hmm. and like surviving sexual assaults and stuff like that and i think that when we look at the disney shows which is probably like a larger question is like 
Disney's focus is mass consumption. And I think when you're focused on creating series that are for mass consumption, you will think you treat your audience like it's Mm -hmm. stupid. Um, And I think, like you said, Nisha, like if we had gotten like maybe just some flashbacks without a whole bunch of exposition in Moon Knight, or if we had been trusted to understand where the story was going, you would have had a more Daredevil-like series or a where you're being brought for the ride, you're not being talked at. And I think the Disney series, um, and I haven't watched Book of Boba Fett. I watched a couple of episodes because I needed to support Robert Rodriguez, but then I was like, I'm tapping out. Um, and I've only, and I just saw Obi-Wan. And I think that like, there is an issue with Disney produced things where it is about who will, who will hit the most and let's hit mm-hmm. everybody. So where you lose any sense like you don't get the mystery you don't get the build-up you don't like you can't have scenes without dialogue because if you have scenes without dialogue the public won't understand it um and I think that the Mandalorian season one worked because it it, like Favreau was able to embrace that balance of action silence and like that piece but it's because he really loves Mm -hmm. westerns um and he has a lot of weight to like do what he wants with things the other stuff is just it's it's, it's too exposition heavy. It's no, it is very much because I know like I know one of my favorite things is basically a scene that's told without dialogue. I know we keep bringing it up and silent stuff, and it's funny because we kind of rewatched uh, maybe a few weeks ago. But basically, in Mission Impossible Fallout, the whole bathroom scene, there is basically it ends up being almost four people. I think mainly three, but four people in which nobody talk. Basically, the three fight is between Henry Cavill, Tom Cruise, and then their villain you know, henchmen or whatever first thing. And there are three different fight styles that go in the bathroom that you see all and you see like the whole dance, you see the stuff, you do everything. And there's not a single word of dialogue for like 15 minutes throughout this whole entire scene. But they all are communicating even in a way. Even when they get back when they're trying to do the scan, they kind of half finish the fight. There's still no dialogue. They're just all talking with body language. And then like even just watching the fight choreography in the different styles, it just all flows very well. And it's like, oh, Nobody said anything for 15 minutes, and this was amazing. Like, no one has to throw in a quip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <You> know, <laughs> don't ruin the tension of a fight. Well, the, the funny thing is, Tom Cruise and Keanu Reeves throw in quips all the time. They just never yeah, actually so, say so, so to say, mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't have to do anything. Like, I was going to bring up specifically a lot of the action scenes in John Wick don't go the way that John thinks they're going to go. And it's that pivot that he has to do where he, like, he tries to throw something and it doesn't go and he's like, I just did an exacerbated sigh while looking at my hand. To people who are listening to this, I realize that you can't see me. But like, it's the body motions, it's the face, like it is like, and I think that for me, and I, I don't know of it just because I'm such a big fan of action films, like it is about telling a story with your body. And I think that like, to say that we don't need more badasses, or even just to say that like wanting just badass characters without like large empathetic backstories is like, the push for toxic masculinity like I don't think that's what it is it is just telling good stories in a different medium because action Mm -hmm. is an art form action is a different type of medium and I can name many female martial artists in Asian cinema who are doing the same things that men are doing and are being trusted to do so and you never see that happen in the U.S. so if you bring in badasses being badasses you also get badass ladies and that well, also happens. Before I guess we get to the last section, I do you want to touch on this a little bit? Because Kate, I know you kind of mentioned, and I know Aaron mentioned about the villains, but I know you particularly have been very vocal and loud about women villains in particular and kind of the way, one, how we have to always hug it out, but also they have to have some weird redemption, empathetic, weird. I, I, wish, yes. I wish people could let see Let women Kate's be mad. <laughs> let let women be mad. I said it on our Twitch stream where we talked about Obi-Wan. Reva was amazing. She is amazing. And then you had to make her just hug out. Like, no, the woman is angry. The woman has had everything taken from her. She has been stabbed twice, twice with a lightsaber. And she is too angry to die. Like, she deserves that anger and she is justified because both sides of the force have left her for dead. Like the fact that we need to curtail women's anger and ability to just fight and be that into some moral telling about how we should all just get along. 
looking at you, Rey and the Last Dragon, looking at you, Moana. Like, we don't have to do that. The, you can just then, have female villains be and villains. And it's weird because then with, like, you know, Darth Maul, as far as, like, what we got in the animated series, was allowed to be angry the entire way through. Like, he directed yes. that into a such a manipulative way until the very end where he was still like, I hate you, Kenobi. Like, you just, and it was awesome. It was a fantastic yeah. arc. But for some reason, we can't let the women do that. And it's it's bonkers. It's it's so strange. It just feels weird. It feels like a weird way to kind of like police or like you have to justify why this woman is mad. And then like, oh, it's yeah. fine. You'll get over your anger. I'm like, sometimes I too would just like to <laughs> rage <laughs> and to let the rage out and let the rage be. It don't have to be for no reason. I don't have to unpack what is behind the rage. Let me go into a rage room. Matter of fact, I'm going to do that for my birthday this, re- this year. Let me go into a rage room <laughs> like, oh, you must be hurting deep inside. No, I just want to break shit. Yeah. And I like, you're completely right. Like an anger is an emotion. And especially for like me and Nisha as a brown and black woman, like, we are continually told that we cannot be right. angry. We cannot have intense emotions. We cannot move, be moved by those intense emotions. Or we need some overwhelming justification as to why we can't just be kind yeah. to people who are hurting us. Like, no. Like, sometimes you have a villain origin story. And sometimes people deserve to be stabbed with lightsabers because they have stabbed you. And you don't turn the other cheek because then you get you just get stabbed another time. Like, that's all that yeah, is. I'm stabbing you if you stab me with a lightsaber. <laughs> Your mistake was letting me live. Your mistake was not taking <laughs> off my that's, head. <laughs> that's the line. That's it Thank right you. there. That's a show. That's what we need. Oh, <laughs> anyway, yes more female villains, more female badasses, like, and more badasses in general, like, embrace action storytelling and follow what folks like Derek Colstead and Chad Stilinski are doing in the American scene and embrace what has been been done overseas for so long. One of my favorite movies about revenge is I Saw the Devil, and there is not a lot of dialogue in that film. It is all moved through, like, visual scenes, visual moments, the intensity of chasing someone down to get them for their awful crimes. And like, you can do that. And yet we are getting a Joker 2 that is set to be a musical. <sighs> but no, I think I think this is a good topic to talk about. I think especially with a lot of the content that we're getting that is coming out. I think Halo, we didn't talk about it, but that's another one that suffers. Yeah. 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 Okay, let's mm. get out of here. Right, okay. Anyway, yeah. Moving into topic three. And if you have any comments or anything to say on topic two, as far as badass characters versus character development, you can jump in our Discord or message us on social media. We always love to hear what people think. Discord.gg slash B-U-T-W-H-Y-T-H-O. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) So our third topic, we wanted to spend a little bit of time plugging uh, some of the wonderful things that we've been doing on our site. Uh, on our YouTube channel, and just let you know all what is out there. Uh, so some of the TV articles we've got out this week, we obviously have uh, an Obi-Wan uh, finale review from CJ. And Kate, you did a season review as well, didn't you? So mm-hmm. that is out on the site. Definitely yeah. go check that out. We also have a Miss Marvel review from CJ talking about episode three, which was on Disney Plus this week. I was lucky enough to review For All Mankind season three, which is phenomenal anyone who likes uh historical well, this is alternate history it's a space race where the russians land on the moon first and it just all kind of spirals from there matt you still have to watch that i'm determined to get you i to know watch that. between joel kitterman and the thing i've been wanting to but i've not been i just ha- look at this look i've been i want some action and maybe because i'm not getting it from my other shows right now that i just have not this had that that's very slow... narrative heavy yeah it's yeah <laughs> You didn't it's, give it to me in Moon Knight or anything else, so now I have to go find it other places, and I don't have time for, for all mankind. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's season three, so that's releasing weekly, and honestly, I've lost track which episode just released because I got it all at once. Uh, Loot uh, was another one that dropped. I think that was from you, Kate, right? That was an Apple TV yep, class? Yeah, Loot. Yes, Loot is a workplace comedy where my, uh, comedy where uh, Maya Rudolph plays the third wealthiest woman in the world, and she got that way because of a divorce, and they dive into it. it, has the amazing MJ Rodriguez in it, who is one of the best, she's a scene stealer, I love her, 
that's releasing weekly as well. I love Apple TV Plus. I really don't think it gets the credit it deserves. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, physical, we also have a review for the full season on there. I just found out that's only an episode four, similar to you, Aaron. I got the whole season, so I don't know what I episode things are I always lose track with them. It's so horrible. I um, so bad. <laughs> that's another good one on Apple TV Plus with Rose Byrne. And lastly, we have Money Heist. Which, I think you did that one as well. I did. Uh, Money Heist is the South Korean remake of the Spanish series. And I use remake loosely in that it it hits a lot of the same notes, but it has that very specific Korean action, Korean drama flair that I really liked. Um, Part one of the first season is out right now. It's six episodes on Netflix. It dropped as yesterday when we're recording this on the 24th. Um, I highly recommend it. It's very good, very character driven. And if you like heists, Nisha, um, it is 100% worth it. it it's Nisha, so good when are we getting season three of Lupin? I wish I thought you would know. I, I, waited. I, I was going to say, is it, isn't it season two? Because wasn't season one, part one, part we, two? No, whatever, we had. Whatever. It's no, whatever. they're all So part. the French do it as part one is season one, yeah, part season two, two is okay. season two, okay. part yeah. three is season three. I thought we were getting it this summer, but I don't know. So did I. I was hoping we were getting something, but now I don't know. I know it's Maybe he'd been, bu- he been busy. He, he, he uh, Omar Sy has been Omar filming. Omar Sy had to go chase raptors. Yeah, but he is fantastic as Lupin. And he's going free of that annoying family. It's going to be amazing. Yes. <laughs> forget the kids. Forget the air. Yeah, forget the kids. Just more on my side. And his little friend. <laughs> All right. In the film section, we have Sing, Dance, Act, uh, Kabuki featuring Toma Ikuta. I think that's a. a yeah sing dance at kabuki featuring tomi kuda it is a really great documentary on uh, netflix that is about kabuki theater but specifically a traditional actor learning how to act kabuki which is a very physically intensive medium um because it, it's kabuki theater is is one of the oldest storytelling ways in japan and it is like you train for like 20 years to become a, a kabuki actor. And he does it in like eight months. Um, and it just kind of goes over the power and the beauty and the art, but also in the amount of work that goes into it. Um, I really enjoyed it. I think if you're even the least bit interested in Japanese theater, like you should watch it or you just like watching people do really cool stuff with their body, also watch it. And we also have Father of the Bride, which was on HBO Max, which recently is recently released. Is that a reboot or a remake or how is that? So it is the third remake of Father of Third adaptation of Father of the Bride. One? So the original I didn't so, know there was a second yeah, well, there the, was so No. No. The the white haired man, what's Steve his Martin. name? Steve Martin, yes. <laughs> he is actually the second adaptation oh, of it. So oh. Father of the Bride is a oh. Father of the Bride is a novel. There was a movie in the 1950s, the movie in the 1980s, early 90s, and then there's this one. Um, I think that Father of the Bride works really well because one, they they show that Cubans and Mexicans are very different. Um, and also it is a way of taking the concept, which has made this kind of be a I mean, a father of a bride is literally a trope that is used throughout all rom-coms and it takes it and runs with it. And I think that this is really what remakes should be that. And I I loved it. It was great. It's on HBO Max. I just love the premise of it. I love the the Steve Martin one. I would happily watch this again. And I know my wife's excited to dive in for this one as well. Yeah. And then you also just have like the Latino eccentricities of it all where like the the dad played by iconic Andy Garcia, like every time his kid starts telling him something, he's like, I did not take a boat across the water <laughs> to get here to have you not let me invite your five tias and their 10 friends that you have never met. I did not sacrifice for this. Like, dad, you took a plane. He's like, no. It could have been a boat, and it it's just, and it just gets like worse every time he does it. And I was like, oh yeah, but I feel this in my heart. So. And we also had Spiderhead, which I know Matt has got things to say. He just recently watched this one. Uh, okay, so one, Chris Hemsworth is great, and I need more Chris Hemsworth in these type of roles. 
um, to the first two parts, two thirds of this movie is fantastic. It has an interesting premise. It's cool. Like what you get from the trailer, you get some psychological stuff and then it just goes downhill and I don't know what we're doing. It basically miles tellers its way to the, through the third act. And I don't know what happened. Matt just read my review of the film in like less than a minute. That's all you need. <laughs> I didn't even read her review, but apparently I was right on. Well, no, <laughs> I meant that like, that was my review in under a minute. Like, like, for me. It's a shame. It looked like you such need an to watch it though, premise. You need to watch it though just for Chris Hemsworth alone, to be honest. Okay. You can yeah. turn it off with like 30 minutes ago. Just watch Chris Hemsworth's character. And I'm like, I need He's very good. That man, that man loves losing himself in a role. Like he dives into stuff. I, I love it. Yeah. I want to see him because it looks like what was that movie? He was like at a hotel and he was dancing. And I'm just like, I like seeing him in movies. Oh. And, like, uh, Camino yes, Royale. That one. I'm just like, this gives that vibes. I will watch. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So that that level of chaos that he is in that movie, it's this, but like mad scientist. Okay. It's yeah. good. He's he aces it. Sign me up. <laughs> Which is a shame because it sounds like it has the elements and it just didn't stick the landing at the mm. third act. Yeah. But I don't want to ruin it yeah. so from motion, but I have lots of thoughts on what all they did wrong and what we need more. Which you can find in our Discord. I was just going to say, I'm going to hit you up. But why, though? I mean, it's almost like there's an audio button, and I'm just pressing it, like, plug, plug, plug. I'm telling you, I have a brand of what I watch, and this is one of them, and I'm very disappointed how they ended. We also had Lightyear, uh, which I know CJ, I think, reviewed. And Neisha, you just went to see it this week, right? I did. Honestly, I liked it. Once you get past the whole, like, okay, there wasn't a real astronaut. I think everybody was just curious, like, but what does this have to do with Buzz? And thankfully, they explained that right up front. Because I think when everybody saw the trailer and they saw it, it was like, wait, what? Buzz had a Black woman friend? What do, what do y'all mean? <laughs> <laughs> but no. Unlike his voice actor, Buzz Lightyear is not like that. Yeah, no. <laughs> and this one, Buzz is an, is an ally. <laughs> um but no I liked it it's it was good it does take a like you know we like we mentioned earlier um or offline like how the villains of Pixar movies they kind of have gone in a in a pattern this one's kind of different I think it's so interesting that like oh it's based off of this character so Buzz's personality sh- like shines through Chris Chris as I was gonna say Chris Hemsworth but Chris Evans <laughs> is actually a really good Buzz Lightyear. I think a lot of people might have thought that Tim Allen should have been playing him, but like, honestly, I like Chris Evans doing this. He just, it's like getting a little dose of Captain America since we're never going to get that again. There was, there was salt there. I mean, my man is <laughs> dead. He's not dead. He just quit, okay? He's dead. He's like, nope, I'm done. He quit, okay? Although he recently just came out this week and he said, I'd rather uh, return as the Human Torch than ever do Captain America again. True. And then they're like, the Russo brothers like, what if we make you Wolverine? I don't like that. (laughs) He did. All right. And in the gaming section, we have TMNT Shredder's Revenge, which I've actually heard a couple of people playing and that's very good. I mean, I played it way, way back in the day, but apparently they remastered this well enough and people love it. Really simple. It's only about a three-hour game. Just get in there, play with some friends, and have fun. It's like six. I think it's six players. If I remember correctly, the four turtles, and then they threw in I think two extra characters you play with. Oh, nice. We also have Fire Emblem Warriors. Uh, we have a review on the Quarry and Mario Strikers Battle League, which I know my kids are bugging me to try and buy because they just love the look of that one. Apparently, people love the query as well. Apparently, it's another one very well. It's also oh, one of those, I think they think, depending on, it's one of those, some people don't like the ending from what I've gathered, but overall, like between the gameplay and all, all what it says and even the story for the most part, people have just been really enjoying it. Happy days. Uh, up on Twitch, I'm going to turn this over to Kate. Uh, yeah, so for Twitch, we just did our Obi-Wan full recap. We're actually going to start putting those whole videos because they're gone in two weeks for the Twitch channel. We're going to be putting them on our Patreon, patreon.com slash though. Um, all the money we make from Patreon goes to help uh, up our writer's budget, help keep our lights on, and keep moving forward. It has been real tough out here. 
uh, in the entertainment space, uh, both because of COVID and also because all of the sites are owned by three people and we have to compete with them. Uh, so if you want to hear our our Twitch stuff at length, our Twitch roundtables at length, you can head on over to Patreon to get that after the fact. Um, Which yeah. I highly recommend because the spoiler conversations that happen are some of the best. That's that's the real meat. That's that's where you want to be. So definitely go check out the Patreon. Uh, YouTube, we have a Jurassic World Dominion review, which Matt and Kate, you went to go see that as well, didn't you? Dinosaurs need to eat more people. Basically the same way we've turned action things into characters, whatever, we've turned dinosaur eating into... Does the T-Rex get a backstory? I mean, they sort, they try to, weirdly. <laughs> oh no. I mean, not in this I one. I was joking. But it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's the same. Look, I'm still going to watch it. It's dinosaurs. Screw it. It's still, everybody's going to watch it. It's dinosaurs. Uh, we also had the uh, Diablo Immortal review. Um, and if we you had have a lot the... of money to spend, you can play that. If you do not have a lot of money to spend, go play something else. <laughs> you heard it from Matt here first. Uh, and then we also had Stranger Things Season 4 Part 1 review, which featured myself. Nisha and CJ, which was a fantastic conversation. We had a lot of fun on and we're all excited for part two as well. Yeah. Um, and I think Obi-Wan just went up there as well. Yep, we have the Obi-Wan uh, spoiler-free review up there on YouTube and it will be on, it should be on our, um, our audio feed to where you're listening to this uh, when this publishes. So it'll scroll down or up however you chronologically <laughs> order your podcast listings and you can hear me aaron uh adrian and cj all jump in and talk about that and then in the coming weeks we'll obviously have more youtube reviews because we are really enjoying them and they're a lot of fun so make sure to check out that space for more reviews all right that's our show thank you so much for listening in if you like what we're doing please don't forget to drop us a like subscribe retweet or review whatever we can get we will take and uh, make sure to check out the site our youtube channel twitch uh twitter facebook instagram we are all there you can check the show notes uh we will be dropped all the links to all the things uh, and if you want to keep the conversation you can also find us at the but why though discord and i'll press the button so kate will do the link discord.gg slash but why though all right thank you very much for tuning in i am aaron and you can find me at british upa on twitter and instagram kate where can the lovely people find you you can find me on Oeveth Randier on Twitter. It's where I'm most active. That is a mixture of shit posts and politics right now. Uh, but if you want, like, just me talking about the manga that I really like, uh, you can find me on Instagram at Oeveth Randier as well. Nisha? Y'all can find me on Instagram and Twitter, you know, either doing cosplays or thirsting about anime men. And that's at Nisha Plays, N-E-Y-S-H-A-P-L-A-Y-S. And Matt. I'm going to go, I just finished watching Avenue 5 and I'm going to debate if the world is a simulation and try to throw myself at an arrow.